0: I couldn't get a job waiting tables, I couldn't get a job at a grocery store, and I was um, coming up on my 40th birthday, so at that time, I was like, what am I going to do? I've got three kids, a house payment, car payment, all of that.
1: Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneur's Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day, despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Schoen. Now on to today's episode <laughs> and welcome to another
2: awesome episode of the Shut Up Show. I'm your host, Bernie Shung, and I am so dang excited for my guest today. Stephanie St Clair. Thank you for joining us, my dear.
0: Ah, oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
2: You are most welcome. It's been a while since we talked about this <laughs> and mm-hmm. obviously as you know we did have you know the, the show booked out for a couple of weeks but uh, it actually was perfect timing from what I hear so make sure later on towards the end of the episode you share with me why it ended up being kind of magical. Okay that we did end up talking today but um, thank you so much for being on the show I know I shared with you before why I hand selected you to be on the show and to be a featured guest to talk about fear but um, I think you may have not known how I I don't even remember to be honest how I stumbled upon you and your work, but I th- I think it had something to do with blog post that I wrote a couple months back that went viral, and I remember you either tweeting or somehow replying somewhere and saying, "Oh my God, I agree with you! I love you! I love mm-hmm. this!" And the attitude you had was very similar to mine, where it was kind of like the no BS, kick ass and kick ass approach to coaching and helping people. And I was like, "I love this girl!" So <laughs> you you have been on my radar since, and so I oh. knew when the opportunity opened up that I had to you know have you come on the show and have a conversation with me about fear so thank you again for that honey um, let's kind of set the foundation for everybody um, not assuming they know who you already are can you give us the Reader's Digest i um, you know bio on what was it if there was a pivotal moment in your life Stephanie what was it that created the space for you to go enough is enough I'm tired of doing this thing that I'm doing. I'd rather be over here doing something else. And what led you to do the work that you are doing today?
0: Ah, uh, Thank you so much. Well, what, what led me to this moment was complete and utter disaster. Just like you hear from other people. I'm sure you have some similar stories. But um, really massive reinvention of my whole entire life happened about five years ago. It was kind of the starting point when... I was engaged to my childhood sweetheart. This is the second uh, marriage for both of us. We both had kids, and things got crazy through the courtship and the engagement. But you know, I was kind of of the mindset like you, you know, you dig in and you make it work. Well, all that to say, everything fell apart the night before my wedding, and that engagement ended. And I also worked for his company, which he owned. So I virtually lost everything. So yeah, it was 2008. Our our economy, I do you remember, took a total dump. But I was very, you know, Mary Poppins, like, you know, I'll just start over and I'll just get a job at the, at, at an office. And uh, I could not get a job for nine months. I couldn't get a job waiting tables. I couldn't get a job at a grocery store. And I was um, coming up on my 40th birthday. So at that time, I was like, what am I going to do? I've got three kids, a house payment, car payment, all of that. And I knew that I'd made the right decision, even though I had like $0 in my bank account and no options. I had no education because the first time I got married, I was 18 years old. And so, um, I really, it's one of those moments where like when you have nothing to lose, you really have everything to gain and I got so tired of job searching and not even being able to get an interview that I put my my resume out to every state in the union. Like One day I just sat down in front of Craigslist and sent that resume out. I started at 10 in the morning and I didn't get up until midnight and uh, three days later I got a call from New York. And they say, uh, we've got three, um, administrative positions that are beginning, starter salary. If you can fly out here, we'll interview you. So I gathered my three kids around me and I said, uh, mom might have to go on an interview. And, and I said, but anybody in this, you know, in our circle right now that, that that scares or you feel afraid about that or, or you're a no, the no vote is gonna win. So my kids really had a say in that and they're like, yeah, mom, do it. We're behind you, we're a team. So I go to New York. I get a job at um, a, a high-end real estate firm and that's really where my whole reinvention of life began. I, I went to New York, I didn't know anybody. I had 20 bucks in my pocket, literally, and two suitcases. So somebody there gave me a chance but I, I got on that plane as sad and scared as I was I knew that I was my own golden ticket. I didn't have a whole lot of evidence that I could uh, be powerful in that truth, but I knew that if I was gonna go do this, Bernie, it was it was on me. And I became a, a like, cause for my life in a way that I never had. So from there, I worked at this PR firm. I still didn't make enough money. I waited tables at night, and I realized that really, it's time for me to live out who I've always been, which is a writer and a counselor of some sort. I didn't even know what kind of counseling I wanted to do. But I ended up going back to school. So I had two jobs. I was going to school. I was commuting to see my kids. And that's really kind of how all of this, the genesis of all of this got started. And I can share more, you know, through our conversation about like kind of the ins and outs. But but it was really from a broken engagement, having no money, nobody, no fallback, no family to fall back on. And then just making the decision that on my own golden ticket and scared as hell or not, like, I was going to make it happen.
2: Wow. I mean, I I seriously have goosebumps, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. I'm not even kidding you because I I knew part of your story, but I didn't know the whole entire story. So even hearing more of the raw and vulnerable points of your life, which, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like this was probably one of the biggest rock bottom moments in your life. Right, And yeah. I think I think that the, the, the interesting thing here, I think the reminder for everybody who's listening and watching is this. sometimes those rock bottom moments can really hinder you and set you back in your life but sometimes they can be the most magical moment right it can be the greatest gift because yeah. it propels you forward to do that thing that you've been wanting to do for the longest time but maybe you were too scared so mm-hmm. if you if you don't mind let's let's kind of dig into that a little bit more let's kind of unwrap what happened in those moments and maybe you can pick one very specific time during that rock bottom moment Stephanie and help us understand what was going on in your head like what were you telling yourself what were what was like the daily um inner chatter that was going on that was basically saying like you're gonna fail you're gonna suck who the hell do you think you are nobody's gonna want you you're not qualified you're not as good as them like if you could take us through that and then follow that up with but how did you break through that because obviously you break through to the other side
0: yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it was there was like a lot of dark nights of the soul and um for me personally just to share totally authentically I I had a principle of optimism in me that's natural and so it's just kind of part of my fabric but the things that scared the heck out of me was the fact that society said I didn't have a college education so I couldn't get a job. Um Another lie I believed was that I was 40 years old and that would be a, a lot harder to start over. Um, another scary thing was living in a city of nine million people and I didn't know anybody and, and the transportation system's different. just the way everything is done. I, w- I was um, from LA born and raised in Orange County. Um, those were all things that if I had given them an inch to pervade my mind, I would have been sunk. And so I literally had to make it up like I was living in a movie and I had to kind of scope out and just become my alter ego. And the alter ego that I chose was somebody that could do all those things. The age didn't matter. The education didn't matter. I also had been a stay-at-home mother for all of those years. So I had no career path. I had no, no job experience. I had nothing that would prepare me the way that the world will tell you that you should have. So um, what I did have though, was I had a total heart for people. I love transformation. Um, I had gone through landmark education um, years before. It changed my life. Um, I had a real love for source and um, and meeting with people and that was what I clung to like a life raft. So I knew if I could get up out of my, my New York apartment and go meet the butcher, and go talk to um, somebody on the subway. Like Those are little moments of life, um, lifeline for me. I knew that if I'm talking to somebody about the weather, I can talk to them about transformation. And so what started to happen is I started to attract people randomly into my life. Like three of my very best friends I met at these. um, Little meetups that like, oh, Bernie, I used to like, Throw up out of nerves before each and every one because I would walk into that room alone and it's New York, it's a different pace, and i I would be scared, you know, but then I met three of my best friends. as a matter of fact, I got really hired out of one of those meetups, and one of the first people to hire me became one of my dearest friends. We went through a lot of of life together um, already so Just knowing that I could make it happen if I wanted to each day and I just to do the next best thing and to reinvent how life and career went. The other philosophy that I had to develop on my own and just find my way through was that I wasn't starting a career. I was starting my life work and my life work would have me doing this work whether I called it a business or not, whether I was getting paid or not and there were many months I wasn't getting paid yet. But I got up every day and I, I developed and and really from a place of inspiration and love, um, as if I had a million bucks in the bank and it didn't matter. And so from that place, I just worked from from a total joy about what I was doing and read everything I could. I can't tell you how many pots of coffee I would put on it. Nine ten at night, stay home on the weekends, read, learn how to do an online business. There's beautiful mentors out there and people that have gone before me, before you, and. So there are these guideposts along the way, and I clung to every one of them, along with the cool people that were coming into my life like angels. I think that is
2: so beautiful, and I couldn't agree with you more, Stephanie. I, I, you know, adopt a very similar philosophy too. It's, and and some people back in the corporate world might have called it "fake it till you make it," and and right. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because I don't think it was faking it for the sake of being not genuine right and and manipulating people I think it was faking it where it's like maybe I'm not worth a million bucks yet in the bank but but I do believe that I am worth a million bucks in my heart and if I start exuding a million buck personality and aura then I can attract you know million-dollar types of personalities to come and be a part of my life right if, if we want to go there and I think that for me when I started to adopt the philosophy of be exactly how you want people to perceive you but not as a trick but because you really do believe you are that person even if you're not quite there yet I feel like that's what was really helped you through some of those times when you probably doubted yourself like who the heck's gonna ever hire somebody who doesn't have a college education, right? Who's yeah. gonna hire a mom who's over 40 years old when they could hire an 18 year old right out of high school? You know, so yeah. there are all these excuses you can make, but you didn't make them. So let me mm-hmm. ask you, what if, and I know it's hard to pick one, but if there was one huge lesson that you learned in your life so far, What is the one thing that you can impart on people that really helps you to keep bringing you back to center whenever you feel like, oh crap, I'm afraid today and I want to give up? What keeps you showing up every day?
0: Yeah, that that there's not a whole lot of time that we get to be here. Um, even like I plan on living till a hundred. Like I say that to my kids and family, and and I'm like hundred, but but you know that's still only like fifty or sixty years left. And for for a lot of us, and when you look at that in the scope of eternity, like it's such a privilege to be human being. And I'm I'm coming from a really genuine place. Like I really got that it's a privilege to wake up every single day and get to create art in in this world. And for me to create art means that I. For today, and right now in my life, it means I get to write a blog post or I get to coach or counsel somebody for an hour. Tonight I get to teach a course about miracles. That is art, living art, and to be able to do that every single day, untether from the things that are trying to keep you from living your life is art. And you can do that with zero dollars in the bank. Believe me, I have. (laughs) I've done it when I couldn't go to the gas station to fill up my tank or I was eating canned food in my apartment. After coming from a very secure upbringing, um, you know, there's this bridge that you cross. It's built on your own desire to succeed and every single one of us have to cross that. There are no shortcuts. So just when you're on that bridge and you're terrified, I found for myself, knowing that I could still wake up, I could still take a hot shower, I could still write today, I could still go to the library and read a book, I could still have a meaningful conversation with a stranger or a friend. I mean, that's what I mean by living like I had a million bucks in the bank. I don't really have a value around being like a rich person, but when I think about having money, what it it affords me is freedom to think creatively without managing the pain and the loss and the fear of how am I going to make it, you know, like that survival mode. So for me to live like I've got a million bucks in the bank means that all parts of my life are working and I'm able to contribute. And so when you get into that space of like you're still, you know, busting a hump trying to get over and make it past just survival needs, just remember that your day is coming. It is coming and it's going to come. Your bluebird is going to land in a way that you cannot predict. So don't stress out and try to figure out how. Just keep waking up and doing the next best thing from inspiration only. I mean, that's that. if I had to outside, like how I live and how I've been living, that's really what broke things open for me.
2: I love it. And, and I, it reminds me of the quote. And I always botch the quotes because for some reason, <laughs> I love a million quotes and I never write them down. But there's that quote of that guy who says, or maybe it was a, a speech that he gave, and he said something like, um, the guy at his deathbed never told, never said that he, um, or, or how did it go? It went something along the lines of, you know, when, when you are at your uh, deathbed or something, you don't want your gravestone to say he had a million dollars in the bank, right? You, you want to yeah. be known for leaving a contribution or a legacy in the world and I think that when we get all caught up in the things that we're trying to achieve in life right things like material and monetary things I think we lose sight of why we even started to begin with and I think in so many words what you're saying is there's nothing wrong with having money in the bank that's great but yeah. the fo- the focal point isn't to just have money in the bank to have money in the bank the focal point is to do work that is amazing and helpful and a contribution to the world and if you can make money doing it, that's fantastic because it facilitates more of that good work and, and the reciprocal work that happens as a result of that is a win-win for everybody involved. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Me?
0: Totally agree. And yeah, you said it beautifully. It, it, if you really can get present to like that, your life is short and how are you going to feel looking back, reverse engineer it and then say, how am I going to spend today? And like I it, you know, like I said, it's like you could have a gazillion dollars. Like one of my um, mentors or one of the people I really look up to is Sarah Blakely. She's the woman that invented Spanx first, like one of the few self- What woman doesn't
2: like Sarah Blakely, right?
0: Shoes. I love her. I love her because she cut her pantyhose off before an interview in her car. Like I can she's so relatable, right? And and she did that, and when you hear her story. It's just like, oh, okay, well, the universe also gave her a, a billion-plus dollars for that. That's fun, right? So um, nothing wrong with having money, but you almost have to totally let go of, of the, the chase of it. For it to come to you, you know. At least I have had small breakthroughs in my own business after working at it for four years. There are times where I was working just as hard, if not harder, than I am now, and no money was coming in. And so it shifts. It's almost like you have to have that mentality, like the money will come when the money comes. And it's really difficult when rents due, or your kids need new shoes, or whatever, and you don't have the money to do it. But if to the extent that you can just be like, I am so loved and I am so taken care of and I am open to receiving, which is another thing that um, we'll I'll talk more about, the seven miracles, but we have a lot of people in that group where, like for every walk of life and from 10 different countries, and so that common experience of saying, I want more for my life, for my kids, and I want to be a contribution, but this money question mark is always hanging out. If you can just, be in the state of trust and know that the, you're always going to be taken care of, even when it looks like you're not. And then go do your thing. Like, go be the best thing that you can be, just just in your spirit and in your personality and the way that you your eyes shine, the way you smile, the way you speak to other people, and especially how you speak to yourself, you know? And be in that state of partnership with the universe. Um, yeah. I, I felt that in a tangible way.
2: I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said right there and that's mm-hmm. the way I try to live my life every day And like you said it's not easy but but it's a very simple you know practice that we all must at least try to apply in our lives to see you know where it takes us so you know I'm gonna ask you one of the final questions before we, we wrap up and learn more about what you're working on but um, one of the questions that that tends to be very popular with our audience when we ask our guests is what are you afraid of right now and I think the most important thing I want you to consider as you're answering that question, what you're afraid of right now, is how are you applying, maybe even the tools that you teach people in your counseling, right, at Bliss Bombs, how are you applying what you already know and what you teach other people to help yourself brave through that? Like, take, walk us through that in the head and kind of how that works so that mm-hmm. you can help others who might be going through a very similar fear.
0: Yeah. To be honest, my biggest fear that I wake up with every day is is fear of my own resistance. My I, I it's like this weird film that covers me, you know, and it covers a lot of people that that try to create. Um, knowing that I have so much passion for certain things, and I'll be running or I'll be driving, and I'm thinking of blog topics, and I get home, and I'm like, why can't I just sit down and write that shit, you know? Why can't I just like get this stuff done? And I feel this this principle of resistance inside me, and it has won the battle so many times. And so that does scare me, and that's a real fear. I deal with it every day. Um, one of my idols is Stephen Pressfield, and he wrote some great books about resistance, the war of art, and do the work. Um, mine are dog-eared. It's just like little Bibles. I carry them around. And um, even Stephen, who has been prolifically and has had movies and everything, still deals with it, and I think he's close to 70. And so there is kind of that, you know, we're all in the foxhole together, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't infect you, you every day. And so um, what what I'm afraid of is that I will be held back in my own creativity and I won't do what it takes to to, to like let whatever's in here out as a contribution. Um, how do I get through that? I, you know what? I have to create it every day. There's no way I can sit here and tell you, oh, okay, well, for this week, Bernie, I got it handled. Like I don't. I have it maybe handled for the next couple hours, and then I've got to keep recreating myself as a. So you don't have a list of ten things Bernie needs to do every day to overcome this fear, do you? That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll tell you one thing that can help is if you have a buddy. That like gets it, and like you can share this kind of conversation with, and you guys call each other up. I do have a friend that I Voxer every single day. He lives in D.C. I live here on the West Coast, and we tell each other every single day what we're at cost for. That helps a ton because you know when you're thinking thoughts in your own head, it takes on a life of its own. Um, Be you know saying that and like sharing that, but don't get into conversations like where you guys are. It's an hour long. You know, it's like literally, this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm paused for. Please be a stand with me and I'll be a stand with you. That helps a lot. But at the end of the day, you have to. You have to sit down in the cold, quiet, you know, solitude of your own mind and your own laptop and get, get that shit done. Even if it's ugly and you, you know, you feel like editing it, don't edit what you're doing. Just get it done, you know?
2: I love it. I love it. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing reflection a little bit of purging right because you're expressing yourself if, if somebody's not a writer maybe they're expressing themselves by crying right or maybe just having mm-hmm. a moment maybe it's meditation but then I think the third and most important thing is the accountability piece right finding a partner who can help you to stay accountable and you can do the same for them as well because here's here's what it reminds us the reason why the show even started was because We tend to want to be on our own islands thinking that we rule our own world and that we don't need anybody's help. We're Superman, right? But yeah. the reality is we all need each other everybody needs some yeah. level of support and thinking that you can do it alone you're crazy everybody needs help yeah. and so I love that you reiterated that point in saying that so so you know I'm not mad at you for not giving me a 10 ways of being awesome <laughs> like St. Clair but you did bliss by by saying you already um, have all the tools you need Bernie just start applying yeah. them, right so totally <laughs> So the final question, and I could talk to you forever, so I have to make sure we'll we'll bring you back again. But the final question I have is, what are you working on right now? And I know you've got something going on tonight, so please feel free to put it out right here. Tell us how we can find you, what you're working on, where to find it, and uh, then we'll close out
1: the show.
0: Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. So when we scheduled this, I didn't know that tonight would be the night that I was teaching my um, my flagship course called the Seven Miracles Project, which got started last May. So this is the fifth time we're doing it, but every single month is insanely magical. Like they like the people in this group create the most amazing things. Um, Seven Miracles is a workshop that lasts for 30 days, but if you come into the course, you get to stay in the community for life, and then you can repeat the course for free every time I teach it. So once you pay a fee, you're in for life. And I created it because I believe that everybody should have the chance to get some coaching and guidance and be part of a community, just like you and I are talking about. And you know, so not everybody can hire a private coach, but I do think that everybody should know that they have somebody that loves them and cares for them in their corner. So I created this group. It's, um, we've had about 650 people in 10 different countries pass through it. Right now we have a core group of 300 people. And we talk about how to create miracles in your life. So if everybody picks seven miracles that they want, you make them up, whatever would be meaningful to you. And then I teach this course which is really about a daily practice of getting yourself into a space of believing that anything is possible that you could receive and then just unblocking yourself from everything that is already there around you. So we use a lot of different principles, but mostly the course is about... um, being the eyes and ears and source in your own life and also for other people. And like I said, um, we've had people, manifest. we've had like three engagements in this group. People that were not dating anybody and they met the love of their life and one of them just got engaged. Um, there was a mom who um, left a, a toxic relationship with her husband, two kids living out of her car, um, found a home, I mean, just that, big stuff like that all the way to like new jobs, new, Influxes of money. Um, again, when we make those things mean so much, um, the universe is impartial about what we ask. So, getting into a space of love and gratitude, um, that's what this course is about. And there's tons and tons of miracles going on. So, yeah, that starts tonight. And the next oh one
2: I am so excited. I'm so glad. It was such perfect timing. So, where do people yeah. find this online if they want to sign up or check it out?
0: Yeah, just go to my website, blissbombed.com, it's B-L-I-S-S-B-O-M-B-E-D.com, and there's a tab that says 7 Miracles on there. Just click on there, you can read different miracle stories and what the course includes and all of that. So I mean, I'd love to welcome your audience to our group, it's, it's a really, really magical. Awesome!
2: That is so exciting. So, congratulations on all your success. Like I said, I already knew awesome stuff about you before we had you on. But to have you on and see you evolving even more in the last couple of weeks, it's just absolutely amazing. And I couldn't be more proud to be, to continue to keep meeting amazing people like you, Stephanie. So, thank you, thank you for all the work you do. It seriously it keeps it keeps me inspired to keep doing the work I do because we're all we're all essentially doing the same thing, which is just helping people to have improved and better lives, doing whatever it is that they want to do. Yes. So yeah.
0: thank again you for so being much.
2: on the show. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Sales. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously, simple selling. Go check them out. Every Monday we deliver an inside edition of the Shut Up Show right to your inbox. Plus as a bonus, get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook, The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in The Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes. Search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells, so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.